Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandslots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. There's a cat over here. There's a cat over there. And the wrong one died. And the wrong one died. Welcome to The Wrong Cat Died, the podcast breakdown of the cast catastrophe. I'm your host, Mike Abrams, and today we have another amazing guest. She recently finished up touring on the international tour of Cats, performing as Rumple Teaser. So welcome, Ella Kemp, and thank you for joining me. Hello. <laughs> nice uh, to be here. <laughs> yeah, excited to hear. I, this is an interesting tour because it was it's like deemed the UK tour, but you were all international. Um, and it was yeah. the tour that picked up because it was the one that was canceled during the pandemic. And it seems like this is a lot of stops that were brought back. So I want to hear a little bit about the tour. But before we do that, I always love starting with your history of cats. So what was the first time you saw the show? What was your first experience with it? Was it a while ago? Was it uh, recent? Like, tell me about that. Yeah. Um, so before, I kind of always knew of how iconic cats was. Um like memory like I always knew of it and I knew of the musical I studied it um in college we did quite a bit of work on like workshops and things um so I definitely knew of like how big of a show Cats was and my mum had seen it um when it was in London um and she thought it was incredible um but I never actually got a chance to see it live um and I'd always kind of watched the like clips on YouTube of like White Cat Solo, like the iconic um, cats material, um, and always looked up to it. Even from like a young age, I kind of was like, "That's incredible that she can just like keep her leg up there and things." Yeah. Um, and I feel like most people kind of know of like or have watched Mistopheles or White Cat. Like I think they're the most iconic kind of pieces mm-hmm. in the show, as well as memory, obviously. Um, so yeah, I kind I knew a lot of cats, but I would never see myself in it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So, so it's so interesting because it's a lot of times it's like, I hear answers are usually either the 1998 movie was like, you know, you watch the VHS of it over and over and over again, or, um, or the scenario like you're saying, which is everyone kind of knows about it. You have to kind of yeah. have heard of it, but you didn't really have a chance to see it. So had you, you've never saw it full through until you were cast in it. I had seen um, both movies 
Okay. So I'd seen the um, like original one, and I'd seen um, the newer one. I still, I think I was very young when I saw the original, though. Um, but they're the clips I watched on YouTube. Yeah. Um, because it's just easy access. Like, just Google it, and it's like you get all these incredible videos, and you just watch them for hours. Um, so, but yeah, and I feel like Cats is so well known, even. In people who are in this kind of industry, if you say you're in Cats, people are like, oh, like, everyone kind of knows of what Cats is, which is just, like, crazy to me. Yeah. So, so cool. <laughs> you said that you never envisioned yourself in it. Um, what was that experience like when you auditioned and kind of realized that this is going to be a reality? Yeah, I kind of, when I got the audition through, I was like, really? Like, yeah. I was, like, so excited. And I was like, wow, this is crazy to me that to be in a room for cats let alone like get the job like just to be auditioning for it was crazy and I was like wow this is this is cool and when we were learning the material in the audition I was like this is like crazy like Chris Cartwright is here yeah <laughs> um, so yeah it was I definitely never kind of thought before like beyond the audition I never would have put myself in that um but then the closer and closer I got to doing it, I was like, really wanted it. Like, I didn't tell any of my friends I was auditioning for it because I put so much pressure on myself for it. I was like, I don't want people to know. And it's like such a big show. And um, But then, yeah, it was, the whole experience was so, it was also so quick, like the whole process. Um, and still, it's crazy to me that mm -hmm. I was a cat. <laughs> yeah so i want to go to that audition not audition process but like the rehearsals and learning the stories one thing i've mm -hmm. been overly fascinated with is what you're told about the story and your characters and the three words if you get them and stuff like that so as someone who's essentially kind of new to cats besides knowing the main thing and you're going through this process with a chrissy cartwright what was that experience like for you and what do you remember of what you were told about, like, the story of Cats. Yeah, um, I think it was on, like, the very first day of, um, like, even in the auditions, you kind of get, um, when you're doing the material, you do kind of get the whole, like, what your intention should be and, like, the, what's going on and what you think about. So you kind of have that already um, just from auditioning. Mm -hmm. um, and then on the first day you kind of we all kind of like introduce ourselves and say who you're going to play and you meet your like who you're going to be with and spend a year with basically um yeah and then we all kind of went into a room sat in a big circle and you get cats like just so much information and about the storyline the like um main like motives of the show and you get like a breakdown of each character so we got like what that cat's supposed to be like and what their kind of um sorry i'm trying to think of the word like what their point is what they give mm -hmm. to the story if that makes yeah sense. that took me so long to care <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah so you kind of then realize oh so she's like really like with rumple i was like oh she's naughty and cheeky and you get all the little keywords given to you and 
it's kind of in yourself what you choose to do with your words or what you're told. Um, so we all have, it's a lot of improv in Cat, um, mm. just to find the, the character that you want, especially in the first week of rehearsals. It's a lot of trying to figure out like what Rumpel would do or who she'd hang around with, who her friends would be and who she'd have connections with in the show. And you build on that the more and more that you do the show. It becomes second nature. Like you start doing everything with pause or <laughs> sitting in the most random positions. Um, but yeah, it's definitely, you definitely do get given a lot of information at the start. Um, and you get your words or your um, the key things you want to portray to the audience and a really in-depth um, kind of breakdown of the show and why things are done, why certain numbers are in there. And it's crazy to think of how it's amazing when they tell you all this information of how much everything has a purpose and a meaning, especially in Cats. Every movement is thought about. Every Everything is just something. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I've also felt like uh, the staging is, isn't like, there's a lot of intent behind like where people stand. And, um, and so it is, it's one of those shows that, you know, you get, it gets, when it gets criticism, it's ignoring some of that kind of really interesting pieces to it. Um, I want to hear from you though, the, you know, you kind of mentioned what were you told about Rumpel teaser and then what did you improv as relationships and stuff that you had to add after? Like, what did you pick up throughout the year? Yeah. Um, so I kind of always got like the main thing of Rumpel is she's cheeky, she's naughty, she's fun, um, she's a little kitten who just likes to cause a bit of trouble. <laughs> um, and I do think, I think most people think that Mongo and Rumpel are siblings or um, brother and sister, but they're actually not. It's more of a flirty, fun kind of relationship that they have. Which I do think um, some people may think of it as being a sibling relationship, um, which kind of, I get why. I, I did when I first kind of saw it. Um, but then it kind of, yeah, we get given all this, especially when you learn in the number, you get told like, oh, she's really like flirty on this part, or this is supposed to be really cheeky, or this is supposed to be quite cute, or you do get given like, certain areas where it has to be you have to portray mm -hmm. that because that's what the story is that makes Rumpel's character um but the more that we ran the show as a whole the more you kind of you'd be sitting somewhere and be like oh I think yeah well Rumpel would definitely like I don't know have a little cheeky interaction with Bill Bailey at this point or mm. be a bit cheeky with Mungo because she always is mm -hmm. or Tugger like we always made Rumpel and Tugger very, like, she adores him. Like, all the kittens love Tugger, which is the whole little gather around him and scream yeah. <laughs> bit, which is always, like, one of my highlights of the show. <laughs> but, yeah, it's kind of just creating that. And you find that the more you do it. it's mm -hmm. And also, on sometimes on the most random occasions, like, you'll be on a matinee, on, you'll be like, yeah, like today she's feeling extra cheeky, so she's gonna like <laughs> go and up to bomb and you know just have total new interactions. And Kat's good with that. You can really think on your feet and just have yeah. fun with it. Really, I, I love that because I think that it's a show that doesn't have the normal like this person does this moment at this exact thing. It does have 
not like huge freedom in the sense of like, I can go and change my, my lyrics or I can go change like the dance numbers, but you do have like moments where you can have those interactions. And, um, that's part of what has, you know, why this podcast is sustained is because that's what I find fascinating about the show is, is that you can tell me that you don't think they're brother and sister. And I have somebody else tell me like, ah, they might be related and that's okay Mm. because you can really play both of them, um, a certain way. And, all the other relationships that you can kind of fill in. Like, I'm curious to hear if you think there's a relationship with any of the um, like older cats, like, is there a Jenny, any dots potential relationship or is there any relationship to Grisabella or Buster for Jones or McCavity? Like what are those other mm-hmm. things that you played off of that you kind of figured out throughout the year? Um, I don't feel like we had many that weren't already written. I don't think there was okay. any, other relationships there's always more friendships like a lot of things get missed maybe from an audience but when you do it all the time like skimbles usually with jemima protecting her so there may be like a relationship there or that may have just been our cast but that was how it was kind of set that they mainly be together and the like the gumby trio and things like they always kind of form a relationship but they are also in the like written in the show mm-hmm. i don't think there was any that was i might have just totally missed them but i don't think yeah. <laughs> there was any um like added ones but there may have been it might have just been sneaky <laughs> was there any moment during learning the story or learning the show that you were just like wait a second that is part of this like that you just were very surprised about that you didn't know from watching the youtube clips um i think there was a bit i think well learning McCavity, i never really i don't know why but i just never thought of that that i'd be in that number mm. and i'd seen i'd watched clips of it but it just never really clicked and then when it was like oh so we're gonna learn McCavity, and then we were started dancing and i was like oh oh <laughs> like i was like oh my gosh i didn't like prepare for this um but yeah so i always remember that was a bit of like a shock um and I'm trying to think. i don't think there was anything else that i was before i did quite a lot of research okay. <laughs> like wanted to make sure i was going in there knowing what i was gonna do getting myself in for <laughs> but yeah there yeah. was a couple for me that i didn't realize as a spectator watching yeah. where it's like as i've learned the story i'm like wait a second what's going on with demeter like yeah. what's this storyline what's going on yeah. here at the ball like i didn't realize that that's what this is so mm-hmm. i always kind of find it fascinating if you're not like the super fan or someone that grew up kind of watching it or even grew up watching it as a kid to where yeah. a lot of that stuff would go right over your head intentionally to yeah. all of a sudden hearing, wait a second, this relationship between McCavy and Demeter is what? Um, <laughs> I always found that fascinating. So I'm always curious if anybody walks into your rehearsals, not like fully knowing some of those things and like that almost aha moment of what did I sign up for? Yeah. I think it's always funny as well when you're rehearsing, that like we're not in costume or we're not in yeah. anything. So it's, like you see things you're like this is crazy that this is like there's a quite a few i remember there was quite a few times it's like this is my job like to sit and watch people like do the most crazy things and especially when it's not in costume i always remember they'd be like you become a cat when you've got your costume on like before because you do you feel a bit not awkward but it's a bit like so new to you to be a cat not looking like a cat um so yeah, I do remember thinking, 
this is like so odd to like look at sometimes from like an outsider's perspective um but yeah it was really fun did you have trouble when you're on tour of like i i know that talking to a lot of people you have to kind of pick up the like cat motions and you have to kind of do and act certain ways do you have trouble turning that on and off between being like on stage and then when you're out did you like have some of those mannerisms just creep into your normal life i feel like for the majority of the tour and probably still now i still do things with like pause (laughs) because like even like waving it would be like a like like a royal like wave it was everything was kind of poor like or like I just wouldn't use my thumbs <laughs> yeah. um, because I would have to like drill into like I always found in rehearsals that was kind of the hardest part was for me it was reminding myself that I didn't have hands I had paws and like keeping that so I probably just drilled it into myself for so long so for quite a while in normal daily life I would like see myself and I'd be like yeah <laughs> <laughs> they are pause. <laughs> um, and sometimes as well, like just, I can't like sit on the floor without being in a cat position now. It's just become a bit of second nature. <laughs> wow. um, when you were on this tour, did you have friends and family that were able to go um, come see you? Yeah, I was very lucky. Um, my mom and dad actually came to Zurich on opening night, which was like great to have them there and see it. And, also, they hadn't seen any of the rehearsal footage or anything. So they kind of didn't realize what I was doing, really. Yeah. Like, they, they knew of what my mum could remember. And my dad knew what he'd seen and researched and Googled. Um, but I remember after they saw the opening, they were like, I didn't realize you did so much. Yeah, you did <laughs> was, all, the whole show, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was like, yeah. It's like nonstop. <laughs> um, and they, yeah, they loved it. Then they even booked to see it the day after because they were like, we have to go and watch it again. They watched um, twice then. And then they, my whole family came to the last ever show, which was so special, oh, nice. like my brothers and their partners and my parents again. Um, and also my old dance teacher came um, with people from my dance school from when I was like six. So That's that was, amazing. Like, How, yeah. Did, did you prep them for the show? Like, I always love to hear as someone who, like, you know, it's it's an interesting thing to go see. And it's like, I was given yeah. zero information walking into <laughs> it and new memory and nothing else. Um, yeah. How much, like, did you tell them? Was it more focused on here's when you're going to see me? Or did you try to explain some of the story to them? I, I never really explained the story because I feel like if I did that, they'd be trying to piece it together. I think it's better if you're seeing it totally new to just be open to just taking everything in, <laughs> like just to not think of a story or not just to watch and like admire <laughs> mm-hmm. because it's just a whole experience. Like there's cats in the audience and then there's like pyros and there's so much going on. It's probably quite overwhelming. So yeah. I kind of just say like, I'm, I say this line in the opening and then you may have to kind of follow me around the stage for a bit to recognize which one I am. <laughs> um, because I always thought there was like me and um, Lottie who played Jemima. Quite a lot of people would get us mixed up. So mm-hmm. I was like, this one, I say this line and then you may have to try and find me. Um, and then I obviously said I sang Mungo and Rumpel. Um, 
but everyone I who came and watched was like, oh, we knew it was you instantly. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of good, I think. <laughs> um, but yeah, I my dance teacher, I did warn, like I was like, you may, because they were sitting in, it was quite a far back theatre, it was quite hard to see um, from their seats. Um, so I was like, just look out for the number <laughs> yeah. and then you'll know which one. Um, but yeah, and my brothers kind of had no idea of cats before. <laughs> And now they're like, they thought it was great. <laughs> they loved That's it. Awesome. Yeah, you have the advantage of having, there's not many numbers where they're like, I I kind of joke that the, the show is a little bit of a sensory overload at a lot of moments. And <laughs> then it's Mungo, Jerry, and Rebel Teaser are just the two of you out there. Yeah. And so it's like, there's not many moments like that where it's just one cat or two cats. Usually like most of you are on stage. Um, yeah, sure. so that's the one where it's, it's a little easier to point being like, Hey, I'm one of the two doing the cartwheels here. I'm the <laughs> early on the two that are out there. <laughs> we'll be right back more to some crazy cats conversations after this short break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price. Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas city, go Kevin or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. I would love to go back a little bit to just a tour because it was a little bit of a different one in the sense that it is it was only international. Um, and it stopped at some places that have had the, the like, a longer-standing version of the show. Like, there was, ger- like, a German production for a long time that did it in German. But you did an English version through all these stops, right? Yeah. So where was like your favorite place to go? Where was your favorite stop? How did like how was that tour of traveling internationally all around Europe? Um, it was crazy to see everywhere and be everywhere. It was um, especially after COVID, like you don't really travel, mm-hmm. or I hadn't. I hadn't been on a plane for years, like yeah. a very long time, um, until like going to Zurich, which is where we started. Um, and Switzerland, I think, is my favourite place that we went to. Um, it's just gorgeous there, and it was so sunny, and we went swimming in the daytime and things. It was, yeah, it was gorgeous. And But as the tour, most of it that we did in Germany was during, like, summer. So I think it was, like, August time. And, um, it was very hot there as well. And some days, like, you're doing cats and, like, 35 degrees in I think we were in Dresden and it was so hot and sunny um, and in the days it was lovely but then when we were putting on like the cat suits and the leg warmers and you're like gosh it's and doing all the dancing it was really hot mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah there was amazing places Berlin was always somewhere that I wanted to visit and was lucky enough to travel with cats to get to go there and like you can do a lot of sightseeing in all these cities as well and just really makes you appreciate how 
amazing the job is and that you get the experience to do what you love and to travel it's surreal to be able to do that especially yeah and i mean and then some uh, like really large stages in a lot of cases um you mentioned that that cats are in the crowd did you get to do green eyes in the crowd yeah we did wow you got it. okay so the yeah. u.s tour is not doing that still so i'm glad that the international tour has brought that back yeah we uh, did i think it may have been a couple of less people i believe but there was about i think there was like four each side and then we would cross like through the audience and then cross on the stage and there was people walking like victoria bill bailey mr would all come on as well yeah. Was there any crazy scenarios with that? Because there's there were some wild stories from the 2016 revival about people being very scared or like yeah. potentially <laughs> I think somebody hit somebody one time. And, um, did you have any of those yeah. things bringing that back? Um, I had a lot of people would scream like you yeah. just like sneak on and give a little flash of the eyes <laughs> and. There was a lot of screaming people. Oh, the kids always love it. My favorite thing was seeing, like, the children's faces, like, oh, you could just see, like, the magic had started from that point. <laughs> they were, like, so invested from the get-go. Um, and the adults, but it always makes me laugh, like, the adults are the people that are terrified by it. It's usually, like, you get, like, people's mom, like kids are with their mums and their mums are the ones that are like screaming or I'm pretty sure that Harry as Mungo had to like crawl the whole thing and I'm pretty sure he got quite a lot of um people almost like <laughs> getting in his way or like kicking him or something um <laughs> because it's so dark you just see something like crawl past you it's probably it's probably quite terrifying <laughs> yeah I was not ready for it when I saw the first production I saw and so it did scare the living daylights yeah. out of me i was thankfully not on an aisle um but yeah, it's, it's always like, the eye people oh yeah because it's you know you're especially like you're not really ready or your eyes are focused forward too so you're exactly. thinking like what's going to happen on stage and then something comes from behind you mm-hmm. um well terrifying yeah for sure <laughs> uh i want to pivot to a little bit of rapid fire so if you could go on for any cat, ignore male, female, ignore whether it's in your vocal range or dance number, but if you could go one night on for any cat, which one would you want to perform as? Ooh, um, I think I said I kind of, I wouldn't, I'm not a bomb, but I would love to just be a bomb. Like I, like Lizzie who played Bomb Ballerina, um, I was just every night watching Macavity, I was like, you're cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd love to do that. It's just, it's just such a sassy, fun, and like character. It's just so different to anything that I've, I've done. So, yeah, bomb. I kind of love yeah. that. As I've asked this question more, it's really fun to hear who wants to do something where it's like I could totally be that cat, or it's where it's like that's really not me, but I want to do that one time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's so not me, but I'd, I'd give it a go. <laughs> who are your? Favorite and least favorite cats, ignoring cast members, just characters. <laughs> okay. Um, my favorite cat is probably, I love Misto. Everyone loves Misto. And just watching that every day is mm-hmm. incredible. And he must be so hard because it's such an intense number. <laughs> yeah. So I love Misto. But I also have a space in my heart for Skimble. I love Skimble. He used to be like one of my favorite numbers. So, yeah. What part did you do in the skimble number? What, 
like, like when you the build train. the train. Yeah, where were you on the train? I was the front wheel, which was like a um, the top of a pan, like a pan lid. Okay. Um, and I was front of that. I was just behind Mister with the um, torch. Okay, got it. So got it. I always about... liked that bit because you could see like all the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What about least favorite? Um, can I say in the cavity? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, obviously not Aaron. He was yeah. But um, yeah, it's just a bit scary. <laughs> was there a, um, whoever played Bus Gus, was there an ensemble dancer in the beginning for that character? Um, so Hal played Bustopher and Gus. And he danced the um, opening, I'm pretty sure. Was he given As, a name for that? Was it Peter? He's, no, he's asparagus, I think. Oh, wait. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It wasn't Peter. I'm pretty sure it was asparagus. And then it was Gus for um, Yeah. Okay, because that's, that's my answer. It's always been Peter. Um, yeah. But I, did, I was like, I don't think Peter's in your show. But that's who Peter is. Yeah. I think we had a smaller, like, I don't think we had a Peter. And we didn't originally have an Electra, and then Electra got added in as okay. well. So it kind of started out quite small, and then we added characters in. Um, awesome. <laughs> what is your favorite song from the show? Um, favorite song? I used to I used to always love watching Gus, because it was so, like, the whole storytelling was, like, perfect in our cast. It was, like, so, some nights it was so emotional, you had to, like, mm-hmm. tell yourself, like, no, don't get in. It's the same with memories. Like, no. Um, but yeah, I used to love watching this. That and... is an uncommon answer. So really? Yeah. I mean, I think that people like the number, and it's the, one of the most common answers for my last question. Um, but it's a lot more of the overture or macavity or memory and all kinds of other stuff. So I love hearing yeah. Gus because that's just not one that's been said as often. Yeah, I think it was just. I, I think where we was placed as well, we could actually see it from the audience. Like we were at the kind of angle, so we could see it. So yeah. we kind of, it wasn't like some cats like behind us. So you can't really see anything that's going on. I did always like that, but I, obviously memory was incredible. Um, and also a bit of music I loved was the Gumby Trio. I always thought that sounded mm-hmm. great. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, since you did a European tour, I always like a fun question. So. Which cat do you think would win Eurovision? If they were an individual performer for Eurovision, who do you think's winning? I think... Ooh. What do you do, Maybe... <laughs> maybe... I don't know. Ooh. Maybe Gumby. Gumby? She's just, okay. She could do, like, a whole big performance as, like, bring out the tap shoes... Have some really cool backing dancers behind her. Yeah, um, I didn't think about it that some, way. Sing some really cool, I don't know, riffs and I don't know. <laughs> I, I just feel like she'd make it fun. That's a, that's interesting because I thought about this in a totally different way. I just thought about what performance would be like, like number would be the most interesting. And I kind of thought Tugger because okay. um, yeah. it feels very rock star-ish, which would, would work there. But now that you're saying about like, oh, we have the background dancers, we can tap with this. Skimble might be interesting because you could put the whole like stage the building of a cast. train and everything yeah. together. Yeah. Interesting. I do think Tuka would be great though too. <laughs> There's a lot. I think that the, the <laughs> Michael J. Rumble teaser numbers fun would be in yeah. there. I think Mustafa is obviously with the dance would be there. 
Um, I kind of eliminated a few. I was like, White Cat's probably too quiet and slow for yeah. it. Uh, but yeah. A little mashup, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Now it's the most important question. I have argued at length that I don't think Grisabella <laughs> is the right Jellicle choice. So do you want to defend Grisabella or do you want to pick a different cat to send to the Heavyset Lair? I think I have to defend Grisabella. Okay. Tell I me why. To, I just think that is the story. I know that's like quite a basic common answer. But I also just think, I always remember being told um, when we were learning the show of how, because I know like memory touches so many people. People used to message me from after coming to see the show being like, like memory was so emotional and like I really, and it, I remember being told in rehearsals that even children really who have, or anyone who's kind of been felt like maybe a bit lonely or like, has had a difficult journey maybe or anyone who's can really just relate to Grisabella and that is also not just adults some children do as well and you just see how much that her being chosen really makes the story like have such a big impact on some people and like hearing people's views and stories on that I just don't think it could be anyone else (laughs) I think it has to be her (laughs) <laughs> it's interesting you say that because I, what I'm hearing you say is actually a big reason of why I don't think she is the choice, which is for the exact same reasons, which is that like she's got this beautiful number and she's being accepted back into her family and she's like yeah. having her redemption story. And I find yeah. it weird to immediately then kill her. <laughs> but she's going to very sad layer. <laughs> I know, it's but like, be <laughs> why can't she spend one year with the family and go next year? Um, Okay, yeah, okay. I, yeah, I do see that. But I just think that she, she's always, she wanted to, this was her time, that she, old Jute knows that she is going to be better in the heaviside layer. He's trying to help her. He's mm-hmm. really, you know, she's been wanting this for so long and now it's her time. She's got what she wanted. She's come, she's come for a reason and <laughs> yeah. so she's got it. Let me ask you this question. Then. What is old Jute? Um, what's Old Deuteronomy's criteria? Like, how does he decide every year who goes? Does it change every year? Is it different? Is it the same every year? Mm. Um, I think I think he probably goes through the year and just thinks of, takes notice all the little things. <laughs> so okay. he's like, mm, yeah, they are not right this year. It's like Father Christmas. <laughs> okay. He's like making a list, naughty nice. Yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, like Mungo and Rumpel, definitely not, because they've been stealing things and, you know, and they're young and they don't need to. And then he's seen the pain and the loneliness and all the things that Chris has gone through. And we see that as well from an audience. And then he's like, yeah, she she deserves it. She's the person this, this year that she... I'm choosing her. She is yeah. on the night. Okay. So then if next year she goes this yeah. year, does yeah. someone have to have that like crazy pain next year to be chosen? No, I don't think so. Okay. Think, so it's going to change. I think next year, maybe it's Gus. Maybe it's Gus's time next year. Did you ever talk about who's next year and who was even last year as a cast? I, I didn't think we did. I think there might've been a, Oh, I think, you know, I think a lot of people are like, it should be Gus really at this mm. point <laughs> um and i think probably we did say 
in the future. But I don't really remember there ever being a conversation about, you know, who has previously been um, it's, chosen. It's there just been. me that thinks about these things. Okay, got it. There may, there may have been. <laughs> there really could have been. Sometimes I might have just been <laughs> in my own little world. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So your, yeah. so your argument is that she, like, this is all she's coming back for. So she needs this and she's here for that moment. And this, I mean, I'm not going to argue the song is powerful. So there's no arguments there. Yeah. I just find it weird that like the whole song is about accept, being accepted back to family. And it's like, cool. Thank you for accepting me. Now let me go. <laughs> but I think we're all accepting like after the song and after the moment when we all go to Grizz and we, you know, pass her in our version, we'll, we'd pass her down the line and we'd like send her up in all this choreography. And it was so like powerful and it was in a such a positive way that she was, she probably felt the family as we would before she went. And then she thought, yeah, this is what I've been waiting for. This is my time. <laughs> and she was probably just happy to go, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I still struggle with it. I struggle with it a lot um, because I, I I get it. I, I understand the argument. I've never not understood the argument. Obviously, the show's been running for 40 plus years. But yeah. I kind of look at it as like a let's let her spend one year yeah. and like be mom again to the many cats that I think she's actually the mother of and yeah. get to spend that time and then go next year. Maybe. Yeah, I, I do. I do get that. <laughs> I get that too. I get both sides. <laughs> okay, good. That's all I'm trying to do. I'm just using this to try to convince people that I'm right and Andrew is wrong. Um, but I appreciate it. This has been super fun. Thank you so much for coming on and telling a little bit about your tour and um, about your experience. How can people stay in touch with you? Um, my, I mainly just kind of post on Instagram. That's kind of the only thing that I platform I really use. <laughs> Perfect. Um, which is What's- just Ella with two A's dot camp. <laughs> okay. We will also link it and we'll have everyone follow along. Yeah. Trying to build multiple social media platforms is, uh, is tedious. It's hard. So <laughs> I don't blame you. But, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, thank this you. has been so fun. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. It's been great. <laughs> and thanks everyone else for listening to this episode of the wrong cat died. The podcast breakdown, the catastrophe to follow along. You can subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at TheWrongCatDiet, or check out our website, TheWrongCatDiet.com. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.